2: because you are entering the no-wining world of January Jones. Hello, everyone.
1: How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. It's such an exciting time of the year, isn't it, as we're getting ready for Christmas and the holidays. As you can see, uh, the glitter granny, I'm going full bling. (laughs) This hat just is a hoot because I wore it to the supermarket this week and I had four people come up to me and ask me where I got my hat and tell me how much they loved it. And then of course I had another six people ask me where I got my dog and how much they loved her. (laughs) It's been a fun week. Now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Have you ever wished you could communicate with a dear one who has died? Yeah. I think we think about them a lot, don't we? Would you like to learn more about what it's like to communicate with people who have passed on? I'm going to share with you today that I actually had an interesting experience this past week. One of my daughters gave me the gift of a session with a gal here in sarasota who can communicate and it was quite amazing have you ever wondered what it would be like to hear from people on the other side do you wish you could meet someone who could help you to reach out to the world beyond are you ready to make some big changes in your life If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So now it's time for you to rest, relax, go get some wine, get some cheese. This time of year, if you're in the north, get a cup of hot cocoa. (laughs) Now let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. She has a B.S. in journalism, and she is the author of Light in the Morning, Memoirs of an Undertaker's Daughter. Yes, you heard me right. She is the author of Tips from Your Property Shopper, so that ought to be interesting too. She is a teacher of transcendental meditation, and she was a manager of a rock band for 12 years author, public speaker, artist. It's my pleasure to welcome back to our show again today, Margot Lenmark. Hi, Margot. How are you doing?
0: I'm great, January. It's so nice to see you again. I'm so happy to be back.
1: Oh, wonderful. And tell me, how are you doing with the holidays? How are things going for you at your end of the world?
0: Everything is going great, except there's one thing missing that I need. <laughs> I need your hat. (laughs) You know I manage your rock band, you know I need that hat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this would be just perfect for you, sweetie. Yeah, I mean yeah, I just started, as you know, going with this brand, the glitter granny. And all of a sudden, all this glitter seems to be falling into my life. As I showed you before we went on the air, I even have a glitter glitter drink.
0: I'm jealous! <laughs> I'm jealous. I don't
1: have it with me here, but I have a glitter cane. Actually, I have several of those. So. Wow. I'll, share, I'll, share, I'll share those later. <laughs> you rock, January. <laughs> well, I'm trying. I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> what have you been up to these days here?
0: Well, I've been up to something kind of interesting. Um, I just bought a house in Maine, and oh, I'm going to go up there in the winter, which I don't like cold weather, but I'm going to go up there and paint. <laughs> I'm going to move to real estate a little bit, and not not to retire, but just to go up there while it's cold and there's no real estate selling, and just just take it a whole different lifestyle, and just go inward and paint and see what comes out of it. Okay, so that's what I've been up to. Yeah, for our listeners, tell them where you are now. Right now, I'm in North Carolina. I'm I live on this little mountaintop in Boone. It's beautiful, and that's why I saw so much real estate here because it's a gorgeous place. And, um but I'm going to just have a second little vacation home in, in Bucksport, Maine.
1: <laughs>
0: that sounds
1: like a, a fantasy
0: thing to do. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. It is. It's going to be fun. That's what I've been up to. Okay. Well, you've been on the show before and I love talking to you. And since I had you on last time, as I shared earlier, I had a session with someone here in Sarasota. Um, she hasn't written a book, so I haven't invited her on the show. But I'm urging her to write the book. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 And it was quite, a, it was quite amazing, and it was quite a, a positive thing. I I actually reconnected with people from my past who have passed on, and it, I came out of it with just such a positive experience. Good messages, healthy messages, uh, constructive things. And is that your experience when you're uh, communicating with others who have passed on?
0: Yeah, sure. There is nothing like it because okay. that person obviously isn't in the physical body anymore. You can't talk to them. And when they come to you and you communicate with them, it's the most incredible experience. One of the most incredible experiences you can have, I think, because you actually did communicate with that person. And it's it's actually January. And I don't know. I want to hear what your experience was. But my experience was it was exactly like talking to that person in, in physical form except they weren't in the physical body, but everything else about it was the same, their personality, their hug. It's really something. It's the most beautiful thing you can experience. And it also just really, it just proves to you that that people don't die. They're still there because you literally talk to them. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it was interesting because with my session, I tried to say very little. I only did confirmation. And, of course, the first person who shows up, one of the first people, was my mother. And, of course, my mother uh, was uh, her whole life, she was a tap dancer love dancing and of course the first thing she shows up with is tap shoes <laughs> so, here we go. so that was uh, quite an extraordinary confirmation for me to have the tap shoes and the dancing be a big part um, when was the first time you were able to communicate with someone from the other side
0: Oh, the very first time, um, I was in college. So what was I 20 or something like that? Young, yeah, yeah. And, and that, that was really an incredible experience because, you yeah, know, I was kind of younger, you know, and I, I wasn't used to that experience and, um, we were at his funeral this was this was my fiance's funeral we were at the funeral yeah and she was right here with me and it was people would say to me boy it's like it's like he's talking through you and i said yeah he's here i i, I know i can tell you what he's saying you know mm-hmm. and during the funeral when the minister was talking about the the death and he's gone and everything i re- i remember debating whether I should stand up at the funeral and say no he's not no he's not here. You know, and I thought oh, they're going to think I'm crazy I can't do this you know but it was really really clear and <laughs> I, I I was good <laughs> but it was a very clear experience also yeah. it was an experience of how how you don't die yeah
1: and, and, and you know it was vibrant and it was mm-hmm. very positive very modern, Uh speaking. Did she have a message for you? Did your mother have a message for you? Oh, yeah. I got several messages. Right <laughs> Now we're going to have a message about my book.
0: <laughs>
1: and if you are a whiner or know someone who is a whiner, this would be the
0: perfect gift to
1: give them for Christmas.
2: Lately, there is a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Wine at Amazon.com.
1: Welcome back with Margot Lennox, my guest today. And she is someone who's been on the show before, and she's becoming a dear friend to the show. We're happy to have you, Margot. And before we go on, could you share your contact info and tell our listeners how they can get your book, your wonderful book, and how they can contact you? Yes,
0: they can get my book on Amazon. It's probably the easiest way, or they can go to my website, lightinthemorning.com, morning. dot com, and that's m o u r n i n g. Those are probably the best ways to get it. The only ways. <laughs> um, but you can contact me if you Google me, you will find me, Margot Landmark. Um, and people have they've called me. They, you, you know I'm a realtor, so my number is very available, and they've called me and grieved with me and. I've made a lot of good friends by doing that. It's been quite a wonderful experience.
1: And and are you available if someone would like to have a reading with you?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, it wouldn't be as much of a, it might become a reading. I don't know because I don't have control over when people come to me, they come to me, you know, and, and, and it's, it happens, and it's just incredible. So I don't know what would happen, and and I and I wouldn't charge anybody. I don't even do that for a living. But I would, I would certainly talk to them about their experience, and we'll, we could see what happens. I'm happy to do that. They yeah. you free to contact me. Okay. Because
1: I think sometimes a lot of people are a little reluctant or a little shy, or
0: a little,
1: it's, it's a little um, scary. that yeah. You're doing this, and I think you don't really experience it. Until you actually get some confirmation when you're doing, you know, if you get some confirmation and actually, if they don't know you, if they've never heard of you, if never seen of you, and then there's a confirmation that you can uh, realize and accept, it's it's quite
0: an incredible experience, isn't it? Mhm. I do. Mm-hmm. That's why I say I think it's the most extraordinary experience that we can experience as alive humans is to is to is to communicate with someone who is no longer alive in the physical it really opens up your awareness oh go ahead it well i'm just saying now that you know people know you're able to
1: do that do people approach you a lot or to ask you to do it for them
0: or how does this play out in your life yeah a lot they haven't asked me to do it for them and and i don't know that i can Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have called me and said, you know, my cat just died. can I talk to you? And we end up talking for an hour or so, and it's just so moving. And, and I had somebody come up to me a couple of weeks ago with 19 books. <laughs> she said, I'm wow. sending it to all my friends. Will you sign them all? And I signed all 19 books, you know. And, wow. Yeah. yeah. So they've really gotten a lot out of the book. And it really makes me so happy, January, because when I wrote the book, I thought, if this helps one person, I mm-hmm. will be thrilled but apparently yeah. it's quite a few people and so it makes me really happy that I mm-hmm. can contribute
1: yeah it's it's a wonderful book and it's a book that uh I have read and I would say to anyone who uh you, you know someone who has had a loss or is going through a difficult time uh this book is a book that helps with healing mm-hmm. so And read this book that Margot wrote and shared, and uh, it it helps them heal. And I, again, I think it would be a wonderful, uh, thoughtful gift to give people for the holidays because the holidays are especially difficult. Don't you agree, Margot?
0: Yes. The holidays bring up all the memories and all the emotions, and. You know, there's a lot of things you can do around the holiday too. You know, you can you can build a little cute or sweet, or it doesn't have to be a big deal memorial, you know, on your table or around, or somewhere, or oh, just a nice. little memory station somehow. And or you can tell stories around the table, and and it really brings those people in. You can feel them there when you do that. It's as you know, <laughs> you just experience it. it's very
1: powerful, isn't it? Yeah, it is incredibly powerful. And Mm -hmm. I was almost, you know, like as they entered the room to say what they had to say, it was uh, overwhelming, actually. And then I was thinking for the holidays, it would be an interesting thought to set a chair at the family table where you're all gathered and leave one chair empty. Yes. And it would be interesting to, when you say your blessing, to invite other people past parts of the family to join. And I would think it would be uh, kind of amazing to see what kind of a communication they could develop with other people. Oh,
0: I think so, too. And I think what would be really interesting is for the people around the table, because for some of them, it's going to be weird but, but, I think it would be interesting to see what comes out of it what they would say to that chair, what they would say to that person in the chair uh-huh it it, it could be just a really beautiful cathartic thing i i I think that's a great idea. Yeah. well, you know what? I, Guess I, what I just came up with it talking to you <laughs> good thinking that was good thinking. I like that idea. I like it a lot. I think this glitter hat is just amazing. And it's actually making me kind of bright. No, <laughs> well, next time we talk, I'm going to have one and our ideas will be incredible. We'll be good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. And now next year we're approaching, this is very hard for everyone to believe, especially me. We're approaching the 60th anniversary of the John Kennedy assassination. And if you ever wondered who killed Kennedy who had the motive, the means, and the money. You might be interested in reading some of my books.
2: Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle, Connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis Romantically Prior to JFK's assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones.
1: Welcome back with my guest, Margot Lenmach, the brilliant author of Light in the Morning. And morning is spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, rather than typical morning. That's a brilliant title. How did you come up with that?
0: My brother helped me with that. I I had a lot of different titles. And the first title was uh, Deathbed Confessions, because I thought, it, yes, I know. <laughs> And I thought, this is, not, this is not what you think it is. This is not the story of somebody on their deathbed who, you know. And somebody told me, you can't have that as a title. But I thought, you know, it's like people's face in death gives you a message. That's one of the ways you get a message from somebody. And I thought, that's really cool. It's a deathbed confession. And then my brother said, light in the morning. And I went, oh, it's so positive And it's, yeah, it's wonderful. The yeah. only thing I would have changed on the title January, now that you've read it, you might agree i would have put i started out putting revelations of an undertaker's daughter because these these were revelations yeah. and my, my publisher said you can't do that you can't use revelations it's too b- biblical but I, I shouldn't always listen to people because i think it's a better title it says it better so
1: mm-hmm. anyway there yeah. you go yeah
0: That's well
1: I, I can tell you a, a book title story which is a funny story because when i started writing my book thou shalt not whine the 11th commandment the original the first title was dying without whining (laughs) which i positively loved of course the public everyone said no no you're not gonna throw dying into your title with whining (laughs) So and so, it, it never made it. It never made it to the actual book cover. But it—that well, it,
0: might be my next title. <laughs> That'd be a good one for me. You can
1: have it, kiddo, because I was—I no one let me use it. You <laughs> years When I was reading your book, you had some incredible chapters that really touched my heart and soul. Um, one chapter, it, it, what you started out with is you write about death is not dead. And that's an interesting concept because so many people when confronted with death feel it's so final, it's so done, mm-hmm. it's so over. And you're telling us in your book, it doesn't mean you're dead.
0: That's right. And that is kind of the whole that's one of the points of the book you know i mean i I end with that sentence too you know because um you know you might remember the story of my brother when i went on that shamanic journey to find him and it was just the most i mean i just cry thinking about it It was so beautiful Mm -hmm. and you know he came to me in a dream there were several episodes of my brother and one time he came to me in a dream And it was a real dream. He came to me. I said, Mike, what are you doing here? We just buried you. You know, that kind of a thing. And and he goes like that. He goes, I didn't die. You know, I didn't die. And it was really interesting because he didn't. You know, and then I went on that shamanic journey and I found him. And sure enough, there he is live and well, you know. And so all of these experiences led to that. But the death is not dead. Um, That came from that experience in college when he was talking to me during the funeral when we were looking at him in the casket, he wasn't there, you know? Yeah. I realized that death is not dead.
1: Mm -hmm. Because it's true. Yeah, what a powerful message that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what prompted your chapter, The Miracle Pie.
0: Oh, that's that's so incredible. Um, What happened in that what happened was a a really close friend of mine died of cancer. And when, after he died, a really kind of enlightened wise person, friend of ours said, you should have the memorial service 10 days after they die because the body is more processed and the soul will be there. That person will actually be there present. Mm We would already done the memorial service. We did five days after he died. So 10 days after he died, we decided to have this party and 17 mm-hmm. of his closest friends were at this dinner party and there were 17 people in the main dining room and five people in the kitchen mm-hmm. and we were, we could feel Tom there, we could feel him mm-hmm. and um, at the, we were all telling stories about Tom it was really fun and fun and sad and all of the emotions And at one point, the host of the party, his girlfriend, Anne, comes over, and she has 17 plates and puts them on the table. And then she brings this little piece, this little pie in a little tin, Uh an apple crumbly pie. And she said, "Deborah brought pie, and she puts the pie down. Well, with that crumbly pie, you can only cut six pieces. And Mm there's 17 plates and 17 people. So we were at the big table where she put this. And everybody around me, Deborah, me, Mac, all of our friends said, "I'm not having pie, I'm not having pie." And we realized that the only people having the pie were the people in the kitchen, because right. there's six pieces, and there's five people out there, and we weren't going to get pie, and that was fine. So yeah. so Deborah and I start cutting this pie, putting it on the plate, adding a fork, passing it down, telling stories, putting another passing it down with the pie, pass it down, and we're telling Tom stories, and we're going like this. And then all of a sudden we're just passing it along, and somebody from the kitchen says, "We all got pie. And we looked, I looked around, and the kitchen all had pie. We all had pie. And <laughs> there was a great big piece of pie that could be cut one more time for Deborah and me.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. We, I love that.
0: Story. Oh, we looked at each other, and we went, loaves and fishes. We were just, yeah. we were just, it was incredulous.
1: Yeah. So
0: <laughs> somebody said, Margaret, tell us one story about Tom. And I started telling it, and I just burst out laughing. I put my head on the table. I said, wait a minute wait a minute, do you guys realize we all have pie? Do you see what just happened? You know, it was just incredible. And that night, oh, and somebody comes from the kitchen and they come out there and they go, oh, wow, it was a miracle pie. And And I realized that miracles happen when you're not looking because we were all distracted, serving the pie, telling stories and doing all this stuff and it was incredible. And that night, I before I went to bed, I called Deborah and I, I leave her a message. I'm laughing and I'm going, "Where did that pie come from? <laughs> did we cut all the pie and it all grew back? Did we cut a piece and that one piece grew back? What, did, where did the pie come from?" Oh, it was, that it was I... incredible. Hey, Let me add one more thing. Let me add one more thing. One
1: more.
0: When, um, when we were laughing about the pie and everything, I could see Tom up here, you know, out of my out of my you know in my sense whatever and he was up there he was throwing this stuff around it looked like kind of heavy white clouds kind of lightweight just throwing this stuff around just like this and just throwing it up there just as if to say there's plenty just this stuff there's plenty for everybody oh of everything really amazing message because I've never forgotten it I've never worried that I would run out ever since then, because I knew there was plenty, because I, I saw it and heard it in, in the Miracle Pie. Mm. So anyway. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's
1: a wonderful chapter in your book. I really enjoyed it. You know, when I, I told you earlier that I had a session, and some people from the other side told me that when I go through the tunnel. They're going to be waiting for me uh, to greet me, which was wonderful to hear. Great news. Do you have any uh, tunnel stories you can share with our listeners? Um,
0: I have a little bit of a tunnel story. Um, It's different than that because I know that people meet you when you die and all of your loved ones are there to greet you. I've heard that too. I mean, I don't know that because I haven't died, but I've heard that. But I do have a tunnel story in that um when i found mike you know my brother when we went through that shamanic journey and that might be a whole episode sometime because i just think that is such an in- interesting chapter it is. but mm-hmm. at the end you know when i had to let him when i found him again and we talked at the like mile a minute it was incredible and then when he was leaving i had to let him go he turned around and walked into the white light and he never i had to let go of his hand and mm-hmm. i let go and he kept walking and it was incredible. I saw him walk through that tunnel to the light, and it it was amazing. I helped him do that. I helped him cross over, and sure. um, we do go through a tunnel, and it is light,
1: wonderful, and you know uh When you go through, you know who's going to be waiting for you at the other end, which is very—it's <laughs> almost starting to get exciting and something to really look forward to. <laughs>
0: that's what my friends have told me. They said, "You know, I'm really looking forward to death now. I'm, I'm not afraid of it anymore. You know, yeah, it's going true. to be a reunion with all the people that you you love and you've missed. and mm-hmm. It's going to be
1: good." Yeah, and that—that's your mission. And for my listeners, have you ever met someone unforgettable, Uh, someone that you will share with everyone you know? And this is what I've done with my books, Priceless Personalities. I've had some people on my show, just like Margot, who are priceless, and we've had their interviews transcribed for you. So I hope that you would uh, think of these for Christmas, too. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? People who have not only informed you, but inspired you? People who have priceless personalities? I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment Welcome back with Margot Lenmark, and as we approach the holiday season, it's a difficult time for everyone who has lost anyone they love and miss. Let's talk about uh, your chapter on uh, dealing with grief, and what advice do you have for people who are doing that during this difficult time of year?
0: Yeah, there's a chapter in my book, January. It's called, it's a two-page chapter. And it's mm-hmm. called Good Grief. Because at my brother's funeral, and the reason I wrote the book was because of my brother, because we were so close. If there are soulmates in life, he's one of them. Mm-hmm. And with me. And um, I really cognized how we grieve and why we grieve. And it's really important, I think, to understand kind of the mechanics of it. You know how you're you're sitting in a funeral or you, or you just got news or whatever and you sort of stare off into space and you're kind of remembering that person in you know staring and you see it all the time when people die people just sort of stare and they're thinking of the last time they saw that person or something uh-huh. like that what happens when you do that the mechanics of that is that you are incorporating that person into your heart you're uh-huh. They're gone now, and so you're remembering them in a totally, in that moment or in many moments, in a totally different way. And you're just sort of through that memory tucking them right into your heart, and they are finding their place in the heart. And what happens when you do that is the next time you grieve, it's it's not quite as painful. You've incorporated them more, and then it's not quite. And you do it again, and now it's not quite as painful when you grieve again. And so what happens is after a while, you really incorporate that person into your heart. They're solidly there. And the mm-hmm. grieving really subsides. You know, like now I think of my people and, and I can cry, but I, I I don't feel that grief anymore. I just feel the love of that memory. I just feel like I'm in love with that person that I loved so much. Mm-hmm. And so there's a way to grieve. And the first thing is to allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to just space out and do that thing that I'm just talking about because it's a really important part of it. But there's a second part to it and uh-huh. that is not to hang on to it either. Don't, a lot of people think, oh, I, I feel bad being happy because they're dead and I shouldn't be happy anymore. And that is really wrong because I, I quote this uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi many times in my book about this when he said, it's important to grieve because it allows the soul to know they were deeply loved. But it's equally as important to allow the grieving to subside so that the soul knows that they were not a drag on your life. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. is that interesting?
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah,
0: you have to let it go.
1: Well, you know, I experienced that when my mom passed away and uh, very suddenly, and as we were flying back to go back for her, uh, it was like I was had this weeping that I had never had. And it was just like continuous, slow weeping. And as I said to my husband, I said, it's like tears are falling from my heart. My heart oh. is broken, and the, and the tears, you couldn't stop them, you know? You just let them flow. Right. And, uh, you know, the that, that happy end of that story is I was uh, lucky to have a dream many years later where my mom did a visitation and told me that uh, the only thing important in life is love. Oh. Yeah. That's yes. so incredible yeah yeah and so it helps you put away a lot of the negativity and things around and just focus on one thing and uh, i think love is a pretty good thing especially during this uh, season of the holidays where there's so much festivity and joy and but yeah Mm -hmm. it's for so many people isn't there
0: oh oh yeah and you know the practical aspect of loving is I learned from my dad when he died, mm-hmm. and when he basically told me to keep my heart open in love at all times through all things, and I wasn't even sure what that meant until the next challenge I had. You know, some you know I get challenges all the time in my work and everything. And what that means is just when you don't even feel love, just kind of stretching your heart open and letting it fall open into love because your heart naturally feels love and Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to close down for so many reasons and it's like what you're saying what your mother said to love is just to allow that to be open and not to close down
1: yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so true um okay last time you were on i asked you (laughs) if you could have dinner with uh, someone living or beyond As, aside from me <laughs> i have want to be your first choice dear but aside from me who would you uh have dinner with oh let's say let's have lunch with tea and crumpets <laughs> and crumpets okay
0: it still is you but <laughs> and we will do that one day but um um václav havel václav havel was the yeah he yeah. was Yeah, he was the first, he was the president of Czech Republic when it became a free country. Okay. And the reason I say that is because when he became president after Czechoslovakia was, you know, just in such an awful state and now it's free, Uh he went before his people and his message was our first duty as a free nation Is to forgive our oppressors. Wow, I know. Wow, right, Right? bro.
1: Yeah,
0: I just respect that so much. Mm -hmm. I would love to meet him and have lunch or dinner with him. Yeah, well,
1: you know, uh, life is uh, living, and it's um, the reality I've discovered is it's about love and forgiving and uh, i had a visitation uh in this session i had from my father
0: mm-hmm. from
1: we had a lot of unsettled issues and uh he actually appeared and had a very healing message and kind of, he had a he actually apologized which was kind of shocking <laughs> wow. and it gave me the opportunity to accept the apology and to experience forgiveness. And, you know, so many people, as they get older, your life tends to go back to early things that happened, that, you know, you kind of question how you handled. And uh, I think one of the big lessons in life is learning how to forgive yourself.
0: Yes. Yes. You know why? We're all doing the best we can do. We are doing. If we weren't, I mean, we are. We're just how we're doing our life is as good as we can do, mm-hmm. and, we, and it's our job to try to keep improving it, and that's what how we grow as individuals. Even your father did as as well as he could, and the fact that he came and apologized to you that is really that that is such a full circle, and that's where forgiveness comes. And you you have to forgive people when they mm-hmm. apologize they have come to you asking for forgiveness. It's your duty to forgive. You have to. Why would you carry that if somebody isn't wanting you to carry it and if they've they've, um, corrected the situation, you know?
1: Yeah, and uh, the reality I've discovered is forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself. That's right. Yeah, and it really does, makes a big difference in your life. You let to, uh, go of negativity, mm-hmm. and it helps you move forward. Wow, this has been such a fun show. <laughs> um, you know, is <laughs> <laughs> I always love having you on the show. Just Thank very quickly. quickly, one last question: mm-hmm. Do you have any regrets in your life, or any things like? you have a do-over you wish you could do?
0: I don't. I don't. I I can't, I mean, I'll think about that. If we, if we talk again, I'll think about it and see if there is, but but I, I can't think of anything because I look at everything, even if it seemed like a mistake at the time, I look at it as it was, it was just somehow meant to be. I did the best I could in that situation and made that decision. And what comes out of that, if it felt wrong, you know wrong, mm-hmm. is some good lesson or some growth or some new perspective you know, mm-hmm. and so i I don't think I would do anything over so far. I mean I'll think about it and let you know, but i don't right offhand, I'm not thinking of anything
1: I think about it, and then when you come back, we can do All a do. Right. <laughs> We'll do that. <laughs> oh, this is so much fun having you on the show, and I love talking to you. And to my dear dear listeners, I hope you've enjoyed our time together today. margo and I have tried to be informative, and we've tried to be inspiring too. My upcoming guests will all be eclectic, energizing, and exciting, just like Margot. Next Tuesday, uh, live at 2 p.m., my guest will be uh, a psychic lawyer by the name of Mark Anthony, and he is here in Florida, and he will have a wonderful show for us. I always look forward to having Mark on the show. And today, in closing, my senior 79-year-old thought for the day is that I don't know how to do TikTok, but I can write cursive (laughs) and I do know how to do long division. (laughs) And I can even tell time on clocks that have hands instead of digits. There you go. Isn't 79 amazing? (laughs) To everyone listening and watching, thank you for entering the no wine zone with us today and share our stories and our show with everyone you know. And remember, you need to stop whining and then you need to start smiling. And if that doesn't work, you can just start eating chocolate. Lots (laughs) and lots of chocolate. Now from the glitter granny, <laughs> take care and stay safe until we meet again.
2: We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you.